Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Everything you do is making an impact in this world. This is not an elitist issue. This is a quality of life issue. How dare you? And I feel like it's my responsibility as a human being. So what? The world is at stake. You're listening to Eco Chic, a podcast about climate, sustainability, and eco-conscious lifestyles. What, like it's hard? Hey y'all, welcome back to Eco Chic. My name is Laura Diaz. Happy Earth Day. I'm so happy to be putting out this episode today, Earth Week Day 3 in our week-long series of Earth-related episodes. I guess all of our episodes are Earth-related because this is a podcast about climate change and sustainability. But either way, I hope you're having a really great Earth Day. Happy Wednesday. Today is actually the 50th anniversary of Earth Day, so kind of a big one. This is one of my favorite days of the year. It feels like Christmas, honestly. It's also National Park Week, and I love the national parks. I love being outside. I feel like Earth Day is a day for everyone who's not day-to-day involved in the environmental movement to have this collective gratitude. It feels good that everyone's so thankful together for the same thing on one particular day. Sometimes it feels like we're talking to ourselves when we talk about climate change, and I feel like Earth Day is a day where everyone is on the same team. Climate, climate change should not at all be a divisive topic. Environmentalism shouldn't be this big overarching personality trait. We really should all care about the health of our world, our planet, our homes, our natural resources. So Earth Day is a day that makes me feel really good, and I hope you're doing well today too. Don't forget to rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Connect with us on social media. All of our links are going to be down below in the show notes, as will some information expanding on today's episode. If you want more data, more information, lots of fun reads down there in the show notes. If you're looking for some ideas for Earth Day while you're socially isolating, Monday's episode of Five Ideas for Earth Day in Quarantine will be really helpful for you if you're looking for some inspiration to take your at-home sustainability to the next level. We have some great guests coming on the rest of the week, and I think you'll really enjoy those conversations. So being subscribed is really helpful to make sure you don't miss out on anything. But today's episode, I wanted to take a minute to step back and talk about something that's been weighing on me pretty heavily lately, and it's the word sustainability. So the word sustainability, it sounds like environmental sustainability, making sure that we're not polluting our water or we're buying from ethical brands, you're supporting local businesses, you're making less trash. But today, I want to expand our minds a little bit on the word sustainability, and I want to take us to the topics of social and economic sustainability. 
And the reason this is really important to talk about, especially on Earth Day, around any environmental conversations truly, is that you can't have that environmental sustainability until you achieve social and economic sustainability. People don't care about the solar panels in their neighborhood if they can't pay their electric bill. And people can't choose their locally grown organic produce if they're living in a food desert, if there's no grocery stores in their area. When we talk about energy, you can't really be proud that your area is running on only renewable energy if there's groups of people without access to electricity. The climate conversation is inherently a social justice conversation and a campaign for equity. Climate change is something that affects everyone, rich or poor, whatever gender, whatever race. There is no getting out of the impacts of climate change. However, we are well aware marginalized groups will be the absolute first to feel the effects of climate change. Let's take the example of an island nation. Let's talk about the Bahamas, because we know that the Bahamas were very severely impacted by Hurricane Maria last summer. If you're not really familiar with the Bahamas, maybe you think of this like fabulous summer vacation, an Atlantis resort, cruise ships, whatever. But actually, almost 20% of the population of the Bahamas lives below the poverty line. And guess what? The Bahamas is the wealthiest Caribbean country. The Bahamas is the richest country in the Caribbean by GDP per capita. And let's think back to that initial gut reaction again, beaches, resorts. The economy of the Bahamas relies very heavily on tourism. We are well aware now that islands are some of the most vulnerable places on Earth to climate change just because they're islands. They're going to be the first ones to see the impacts of sea level rise. They're the most likely to be in the path of more intense, severe storms moving forward. So the things that we typically associate with extreme climate change, they're going to happen to these smaller island nations first. So how are we going to be supporting that tourism economy that makes them the wealthiest Caribbean nation? What about all the other Caribbean nations that are going through the same thing that don't have that same position that the Bahamas has? There's a lot to unpack in this conversation. And I also want to introduce a concept that is adjacent, and that is that of environmental racism. Environmental racism is environmental injustice that occurs in practice and in policy, that's an important part, within a racial context. A really good example of a U.S. group that is unfortunately a frequent victim of environmental injustice is that of Native American populations. Native American lands for years have been used for waste disposal and illegal dumping by corporations and by the government. Another example would be that of the Dakota Access Pipeline, a topic that we are still hearing pop up in the news. It's an oil pipeline that passes through a section of the Missouri River, which is the main drinking water source for the Standing Rock Reservation. The Bronx in New York City, air quality is so poor, especially compared to the rest of New York City, that the childhood asthma rate is double what it is in the rest of New York City. And of course, the South Bronx is a classic example of Black and Hispanic residents experiencing disproportionate effects of terrible air pollution. Minority groups are bearing the burden of pollution inequality. Internationally, when we talk about environmental racism, we're looking at things like global waste trade. The global waste trade is when a more developed country like the U.S. will sell trash and recyclables to other countries. And the injustice here can be seen in situations like the negative health impacts of just exporting e-waste and plastic to places like China and India. Now, I mentioned we have to achieve this social and economic sustainability before we can really get to environmental sustainability. And maybe you're like, oh, no, does everyone have to live like me if we're really going to tackle climate change? 
Absolutely not. Let's talk about making social and economic sustainability happen so that we can get into our climate conversation. We need to focus on lifting people up and moving us towards a global environmental goal and meeting people where they are. So social sustainability is about preserving communities and cultural identities and regional identities throughout organizations, through institutions, and then down the road, really supporting people to make the sustainability moves that work for them and their group and whoever it is that they identify with. The first time I heard about social sustainability, I was like, yeah, yeah, like that makes total sense, of course. But then I started seeing it in practice. An excellent example of social sustainability is that of the HBCU, historically black colleges and universities. I think that they're an incredible example of institutions that truly value and preserve their cultural identities and their social identities. That community discussion, just that upbringing and that sense of pride in who you are and where you come from, that's a philosophy that we can really apply to other groups and support other groups in applying to themselves and our special interests. So let's celebrate diversity. Let's make sure our communities feel secure and acknowledged. And then we can talk about how to make them more resilient. I also think that this is a good time to check my privilege, especially given the current pandemic. I am very privileged in that I'm able to buy groceries. And then further, I'm very privileged to have access to stores where I can shop in bulk and package free. And I'm privileged to have the time to transfer them into their pretty jars and bowls when I get home. On the topic of economic sustainability, we need to make sure that we're meeting those fundamental needs of people again before we encourage them to take up those renewable energy sources and those low flow shower heads and toilets. We have to make sure that these are accessible things for people and we have to make sure that the environmental measures that we're bringing up are effective and affordable and accessible. And when I say we have to make sure that these things are accessible and affordable and reasonable and we have to lift up communities, I mean you and I as climate activists, as environmentalists, maybe there's people in policy that you have access to. Maybe there's a way that you can speak up in your area. It's about people like you and I making sure that we're voting and making sure that we're acknowledging all of the people in the room. If you are in any position to make the climate conversation more inclusive, you should take that up. When I say we have to do this, it really is you and I and everyone in between. We cannot tackle climate change if we don't have a unified effort globally. It's really about lifting people up where they are, encouraging them to make the right decisions for themselves, and making sure that what the experts are telling us is the best means to tackle climate change, reduce our global greenhouse gas emissions, and make sure that we're doing all we can to keep our warming below 2%. All of those measures have to make sense for everyone. It can't be, you do your thing, this country's going to do their thing. That's why agreements like the Paris Climate Accord are so important, and that's why a carbon tax is really helpful in getting a nation on board altogether with reducing emissions. It's not about one corporation. It's not about one industry. Truly, it's a unified effort. Again, it shouldn't be decisive. It should be something that we're all in together. So I think the topics of environmental injustices are really important to discuss because you truly can't separate the topics of environmental injustice from social injustice. And I hope this collective gratitude and all this feeling that we have right now thanking the earth for all that she does for us I hope that we can continue that on and continue to act with empathy and give people that compassion that they need to really lift up those communities and those social issues and tear down the walls of the economic conversation and make sure that we're all in a good position to make environmental sustainability a reality. Happy Earth Day, y'all. Thank you so much for hanging out. I hope this was a valuable episode in getting you to think a little bit deeper about some of these discussions that we don't always have in the climate conversation 
or are not always up on the forefront where they absolutely should be. So I hope you liked this episode. If you did, rate and review. Connect with me on Instagram. I love to talk to you and see what you're listening to and share this with a friend. I think it's helpful. I think it's really great, especially if it's something that's been on your mind before and you don't always know how to present. Send them a podcast. Send them my podcast. So thanks so much again for hanging out. I hope you have a great day and I will see you guys tomorrow. Bye. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.